So, okay, so after a little bit of a break, we're going to continue on Dav Yud Aleph from an Aleph, which Bezat Hashem will take us to the end of the first parak today. Um, okay, so we're actually at the very bottom of Yud of Mabet. Uh, that's not really sure. At the end of Yud, end of Yud of Mabet, we talked about this idea that if it's Davar Ha'aved, it's uh, Malachim can be permissible. And we compared it to the case of a Masach of the Zarab, that sounds familiar, that there is a surim to conduct business with the non-Jews, especially around there. I shouldn't say especially, around their holidays, okay, because it's kind of, uh, and help them um, enhance their worship of Abu Zarah. Uh, but certain things we said you are allowed to do, because we said the last words were, because it's like you're saving it from them, meaning that it's like a lost, it's like a lost item, it's like, it's Dabar Ha'aved, so you see a similar application of Dabar Ha'aved in that realm as well. Okay, so now the Gemara, on uh, basically the fourth line, says as follows, Rav Shara Lechia Barashi the Migdal Ohare Bachole de Moada. Okay, so Rav allowed Chia Barashi to the Migdal means like to build up to make Ohare, which are traps on Cholamoid. My timer, what's the reason for this? My Sahedyotu, it's a non professional type of thing to do. About Islay, but Islay, which are uh, like nets, more complex nets, Asur, they're prohibited. My timer, what's the reason? Masa Umanu. Right, that's more of a professional uh, work, and that's going to be also. Okay, so we've seen that distinction before. Continuing, Rabbi Yudashara Ami Tanur. Rabbi permitted this person named Ami Tanur. He was called Ami Tanur because his name was Ami, and he made ovens like a Tanur. So he allowed him, the Migdal Tanure, to build or construct ovens on Cholomoid. And he allowed Rabbi Bar Isve to make sieves, right? a sieve, right? like to, uh, to strain things. Where it says, Aini, is that so? But Rabbi Barshmuel taught that they all agree, I meaning everyone seems to agree, you're not allowed to be Megadel to build up a new oven on Cholomoid. So how could Rabbi allow Ami Tanur to do this? The Isser, it would be in the rainy season. Okay, because in the rainy season, imagine they're building things also like outdoors and out of clay. So the rain would really affect the clay. It wouldn't uh, harden properly because it's too wet. And therefore, it wasn't going to be ready for use on Chol HaMoed. So that was prohibited. But if it was the summer season, it would be permissible. So Rashi gets into the issue here a little bit like, okay, so the summer season must be more like around Pesach time. And the rainy season would be like Sukkot time. And even though on Sukkot we pray that it shouldn't rain, or we don't pray that it should rain yet, sometimes it does rain during Sukkot, whatever it is. So that's the idea. That seems to be the dis- distinction there between like Pesach, I guess, and Shavuot would be like the uh, the summer season, right? And therefore the, the items would um, be ready in time for Cholmoy, and, and the other ones would be in the uh, rainy season. Okay, it takes us to a new mission. The Mishnah says, Osin ma'aked lagag. You can make a ma'aked, right, a fence around a roof. Remember, their roofs were almost always uh, flat. Ulumir peset. You can also make a uh, railing for a balcony. Ma'aseh hediot, as long as it is hediot, right? It's unprofessional. Avalo ma'aseh uman. But you can't do a professional. Shafin etastakin. You can plaster the cracks, like in an oven. Umagilino tobe maagila. The word maagila is like the word agol, like a round. So there's like a roller. So you can now roll them with a roller. But biyad uberego. Not really with a roller. It sounds like we'll see what you can do with your hand and with your foot. Avalobe mechlatzayim, but not with a mechlatzayim, which is a certain tool that would be used. I think they call it like a presser. It defines it, but it's like a special tool they would use to 
uh, roll this thing out and I guess uh, be uh, a little more effective. So you can do it with your foot in your hand, but not with that. Moving along, Hatsir, Vahatsinor, Vahakora, Vahmanuo, Vahmafteach, Shneishbaru. So if this, these are different parts of the door. The Tsir is the hinge of a door. A Tsinor is the, like the cylinder of the, of the hinge. I think it's like a pin. A Kora is a beam, like a crossbeam for the door. Manuo is a lock. Vahteach is a key. Now, all those things that broke on Cholomoid, mitaknan bimoid. You're allowed to fix them on Cholomoid. Again, pr- presumably you're allowed to fix them because they're things that you need on Cholomoid. You can't just have like a broken door to allow like anybody into your house. As long as you don't intend or plan ahead of time to do that malacha on the moed, on the moed. Meaning you can't say, well, I have this broken hinge on my door. Since the Mishnah says I'm allowed to uh, fix it on the moed, I won't fix it three days before the moed. I'll wait till the moed. I'll have more free time and I'll do it then. Now you're not supposed to do because if you really have, if you really it's necessary, then you should do it before the moed. If it breaks on the moed, then you'll be allowed to do it. Furthermore, the kol kvashim shuyachol lachom mehem b'moed kovshan. A kvashin are preserves, like preserved food. Okay, so any uh, preserved food that you can preserve on the moed, and you'll still be able to enjoy it on the moed. Meaning, sometimes you preserve the things that's not ready till much later. But if as long as you'll be able to eat it on the on the moed itself, then you're allowed to preserve them as well. Okay, even though the preserves tend to have like this long term. Uh, goal, right? Because think about it, how they used to function, right? Like they, the way they would have food a lot of times for the long haul is like that's your fruits. So fruits go bad really quickly, even nowadays. But how would they have? So if you have fruits, you know how you can eat them what only like the first three days it's in season. What are you supposed to do? So they would preserve a lot of their fruits and vegetables, things like that, so that they could have them uh, much much later. Okay, so you can do it as long as you can benefit on Yom Tov. Okay, the Gemara says, dami When we're talking about making the ma'akeh, what's called the ma'asehediot? So Rav Yosef Amar Bahutzevadavna. Rav Yosef calls Hutzevadavna. Hutzevadavna is a phrase we actually see in Masechet Sukkah as well. It means we have these like, br- like palm branches that you sort of weave together. Okay, so it's not like a real, like an iron railing or anything like that, or stone railing, but it's sort of like this uh, makeshift. It works, but it's not as, uh, as permanent. Okay, we're taught in the Brita that you can uh, fill it up with stones. Okay, so you can sort of like pile up stones, but you can't tachpetit, you can't plaster it with clay. Okay, you can't use cement basically. So you can have a stone wall even, but you can't have it um, filled in in a more permanent way. Okay, furthermore, it says, you can fill in the plaster in the cracks and you can roll it with a roller, but we said only with a hand or foot. So the Gemara says, So now that we say you can use this roller, that's permissible, do I have to be told you can use your hand or your foot? Like that seems to be extraneous. Gemara says, This is what it means to say, it says, no, what it means to say is you can plaster in the cracks with the roller, but, or sort of like a roller, it's just, not, you're not actually using it, you're doing it sort of like that, you're doing the same, sort of trying to get the same result, but you're only using your hand to your foot. Okay, so you're kind of like, you know, patting it all in, and that would be okay. But now the time to use the presser that's specifically designed for that activity, for that work, that you wouldn't be allowed to use. Okay. Uh, again, moving on. So you can fix all these things about the door on the moed. The Gemara says, we seem to have a contradiction here. 
it says in a uh, Mishnah, it's a Mishnah Master Shani, Ad Yamav, until his days, the days of uh, Rashi says, Yochanan the Kohen Gadol, Hayat Patish Makebi Yerushalayim Bechulay. Until his days, you would hear the sound of the hammer in Yerushalayim on Cholomoed. And the implication is that after the Tavim, you know, Yochanan uh, Kohen Gadol, so then, then uh, he made a Takana that you're no longer allowed to use the hammers. So Gemara is asking, Ad Yamav in lo. So it seems like until his time, you are allowed to. From then on, you aren't allowed to. So what does it mean that you're allowed to like fix all these things? You know, in the door, you're going to have to use uh, these types of tools, it sounds like. But it sounds like since the time of Yochanan Kohen Gadol, you're not allowed to do it. So how do you can explain that? So Gemara says a couple, a couple answers. Lo kashya kan The first answer is, one is talking about bedenafe. Nafe are smiths, like a blacksmith. So if you're talking about blacksmith, you know, hammers, that's very, very loud. And therefore, that was what was prohibited. But here, Bidinagri, and Nagar is a carpenter, that's much quieter, and therefore that was never prohibited. Okay, so even uh, by Yochanan Gengadol's Takanot, he only prohibited the very loud things, like the blacksmith, but not the carpenters. So Matkila Rav Chista, Rav Chista asked Akash on this, what are you talking about? Yomru Kala Rabba Asir, Kala Zutrid Ashari. They'll say, if that's the case, they'll say that a loud noise is prohibited and a, and a small noise, like a, a quiet noise, is permissible. But that doesn't seem to be true. Like, that's not really a barometer of what's permissible and what's not permissible. So Ella Amar Rav Chista, so rather Rav Chista gave a different explanation. He says, Lo Kasha Magli He says, one's talking about using Magli, like sickles. A sickle, right, it's like that, you know, the thing that you like use to like chop the, you know, to harvest. So that doesn't make a noise at all. The chatzine, um, it's chisels, that makes a lot of noise. So it makes a big difference what you're talking about. Okay, so it has, that's his distinction, okay? Not loud versus soft noise, basically no noise versus noise. And Rapapa Amar, Khan Kodim Gzera, Khan Lacha Gzera. Rapapa has a simpler answer, but it's a little more, it's a little trickier in terms of the, probably the, the timing of the Mishnah. He says that one, meaning when we said it was, uh, permissible in the Mishnah, that's before the Gzair of Yochanan Ken Gadol. But, so that's why it's permissible. But here we're talking about that the right of Yochanan is after the Gzair, so then uh, that's, that's what we're talking about that. So again, it's a simpler it's a simpler answer that sort of assumes that the Mishnah is basically irrelevant, right? Because the Mishnah was only uh, taught before that Gzair. Okay. Um, now, Ravashi Amar, Ravashi has another explanation. Ha Rabbi Yehuda, Ha Rabbi Yossi. He says this one, one is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, uh, meaning the uh, Mishnah, which that was us, reflects Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, and the Brayta, uh, excuse, excuse me, our Mishnah, excuse me, reflects Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Who taught that you have to use a shinui on cholamoed, even when it comes to davar ha'aved? That's not like Rabbi Yosi. Okay, so we'll see more about Rabbi Yosi a little bit later. And the point is that our Mishnah, which seems to permit these things, even without the Shinoi, would have to be like Rabbi Yossi. Amar Ravina, Ravina says, Keman madlinan ha'idna kabiyuta didasha b'cholo demoda. In accordance with whose opinion do we, madlina means we lift up the kabiyuta didasha, means the lintel above the door, it's the area above the door, in order to, uh, like I think, to hammer back in the nails that got loose. Keman karabiyosi, that's according to Rabiyosi, who, who allows things are davar ha'avein, even if it's done in the normal manner. So again, so that's what uh, what Ravashi was saying, that the other Mishnah, which prohibits, would be Rabbi Yudha's opinion, but now our Mishnah would be Rabbi Yudha's opinion. Okay, moving along, we say, So it preserves, you can make and benefit from, during the Moed, you're allowed to do on Cholom Moed. The Gemara says, Badita, 
um, the Badita River, Levi, it overflowed Kavre with fish, meaning that the river overflowed. Okay, and part of the overflowing is that the fish that were in the river came along with the water, and you ended up with these little pools that were full of fish all of a sudden. Okay, so everyone's sort of like looking, you have these little tiny pools where it's like, you know, they say like, uh, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? That's what it's like. It's like fishing for these fish in these pools. It's like super easy. Everyone could get tons of fish. So what happened? Azil Kuleyama sowed. Everyone came along and uh, trapped an Aitu Kavra and they brought home fish. So Sharluhu Rava Limlachminayu. Rava permitted them to salt from them, salt of the fish. Okay, so what's the issue? So it seems like on Cholamoi, the rub is allowing everyone to salt this fish. So Amr le'abaye, so Abaye said to him, but we learned in our Mishnah, that only food that you're able to eat on Cholamoi are you allowed to preserve. And salting the fish is a manner of preserving them. But presumably, when it came to all this fish, you're not going to be able to eat all this fish on Cholamoi. So why is Rav allowing them to do it? So Amr le'abaye, so Rav responded, that since originally he, they did it with the intention to eat it, they brought him home to eat them, right? So therefore, now they have all these fish at home. If they left them alone without salting them, they would lose, like have saved, right? They would, they would lose all these fish. So then it's So it's like merchandise that is lost. And it should be permissible. Meaning what Rabbi is saying is that it's true, theoretically, to go gather the fish in order to salt them for things at the time that's going to be after the moe wouldn't be allowed. But in that case, they brought the fish home and they almost didn't realize how much fish they had. So at that point, once they had the fish in their house already, it was permissible to, I permitted them to uh, to salt them for the future as well. The Ikadamri, some say it was a, a little bit different story. Sharilu Rava Meitzad, um, uh, so some say that Rava allowed them to trap them, to bring them home, and to salt them. Um, completely. Rabbi says, yeah, but again, same question. Uh, but we learned in the Mishnah, you're only allowed to do it if it's going to be beneficial on the Cholamoid itself. Okay, and presumably these weren't going to be uh, done. Amrlay. So Rabbi responded in this version, these fish also can be eaten. Meaning it's not about the amount of fish in this case. It sounds like the amount of salting that was done. He says, no, even this fish, it can also be eaten. Agav if you do it, it itzitza. Itzitza means pressing out. I guess if you like salt the fish and then you press on the fish, you can get some of the salt out so you can end up eating the fish. Even if they're very heavily salted, you can make them ready now by, by uh, pressing them. like the case of Shmuel, they prepared the fish by pressing it 60 times. Shitin, 60 itzitza. also visited the house of the Reish Kaluta. They also did the same thing. They pressed the fish 60 times and he was able to eat it in that case. Okay, so that's why Rava permitted according to that version. Another story. Rav ikla lebei Rav Shafir. Rav visited the house of Rav Shafir. Aitu lekamayo hu kavra tilta, bishula tilta milcha, betilta tabia. So he brought a fish that was tilta bishula, a third cooked, tilta milcha, a third salted, and tilta tabia, a third boiled. And I guess the idea is that you see that even though it was pretty heavily salted, he was able to eat that food as well. Okay, now, Rob, we're going to finish up the parak with Rob telling us some things, some things he learned from a certain fisherman. Okay, a few different uh, things he learned. Amar Rav, Amar li Adat Saida. Adat Saida taught me, said to me the following. 
Tzaydah means a trapper, he's a fisherman. Kavra samoch le mali. This is a famous line in the Gemara because it's an example of where the uh, Chazal are telling us something that we know to be scientifically not true. So he says, Adat Tzaydah says, fish close to being spoiled is the best. I mean, like the, more, the closer it is to being spoiled, the better off it is. Okay, so we would certainly quibble with that and say, no, that's like the worst it is. But nonetheless, that's what he says to them. Um, and Rav also says, Amrli Adat told me, Kavra Tavya, um, when it comes to um, fish, sorry, when it comes to kavra, fish, this is a little bit weird phrase. It says, Tavya be'achua, asuke be'avua, mechle be'brei, ishte'ale avua. He says, broil it with its brother, place it with its father, eat it with its son, and drink it after its father. And what does that mean? So this all has to do with where the fish comes from. So it says the brother, what's the brother of the fish? Well, the fish is in the, it lives in water. And the, in the water, you know what else is in the water? Salt, because it's salt water. So you should always broil the fish with salt. That's its brother, quote unquote. Okay? Asuke, you should place it in its father. What's the father of the fish? Where does the fish come from? It comes from water. So the, the water is the, is the father, quote unquote, of the fish. So you should place it in the water. You should eat it with its son. What's the son? The son is the brine, the fish brine. Eat the fish with the fish brine that comes out of the fish. And Ish saying you should drink it after the father, meaning after, uh, after water. Um, meaning after its father, you should, uh, you should have, uh, you should drink water afterwards. Okay. Uh, fine. The Amarav, last statement, last couple statements. Amarli Adesaida, Adesaida told me, Kavra, when it comes to fish, Tachle, Vechabah, sorry, when it comes to fish, Tachle, Kress, and Chalav, milk, uh, so after eating those things, Lit on Gufa, Velolit on Puria, let the body carry him and not his bed. Meaning, better to go for a walk afterwards, those things are like heavier foods, you should walk around afterwards rather than going to sleep afterwards. Okay, and finally, Ve'amarav, and Rav said, Amrli Adetai, the Adetai told me, Kavra Tachli Bechav, it comes to, again, fish, cress, and milk, Maya Velo Shechra, the best thing is, after you have those things, much better to drink water and not Shechra, not beer, but if you don't have that, Shechra Velo Chamra, beer, and not wine. Again, these are sort of health recommendations, I guess the expert in the fish knows all about what you're supposed to do when you eat fish, so uh, Rav is passing on all these uh, very important uh, teachings that he learned from Ada Tzaida, Hadron Lachmashkin, Hadron Lachmashkin, Hadron Lachmashkin, so Beshati Dishmai, we finish the first parak, and Beshati Dishmai tomorrow, we will start the second parak. Okay, guys, have a wonderful day. Talk to you later. Thanks, Rob.